Retropod is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Are you looking to learn a thing or two about getting your finances in order, saving, and investing? Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, history lovers. I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. When Nancy Pelosi became Speaker of the House again in early January, the moment became symbolically official when the new minority leader handed her the gavel. In transferring the gavel, a mallet made of lacquered maple, the Republicans are letting go of one of the oldest symbols of legislative power in Washington. Sam Rayburn, the speaker in three periods from 1940 to 1961, once said, In the speakership, the gavel becomes almost part of the office. It's habit. Any gavel you use has a lot of sentiment attached. That is, until it, like a bipartisan dream, is shattered. Throughout American history, speakers have pounded their gavels so hard in search of order that they wind up smashing the gavel itself into smithereens. This is not the fault of the house carpentry shop, whose workers have diligently and expertly produced the mallets for decades, but rather a legislative process that often veered out of control in a world before the time of microphones. In an era without sound amplification, the speakers really had to pretty insistently wrap that gavel to bring the House to attention. That's Matthew Wozniewski, the historian for the House of Representatives. It is not known exactly how many speakers have shattered their gavels throughout history, but two speakers are notable for their violence toward these important and innocent mallets. One is Joseph Cannon, whose last name adorns the oldest congressional office building in Washington. The following anecdote doesn't begin with, legend has it, because the following anecdote actually happened. On June 22, 1906, Speaker Cannon was trying to move members toward considering a bill when, according to the historical office of the House, he banged the gavel hard enough to knock off the head, which landed between the clerks on the lower tier of the rostrum. No clerks were injured. And then there was John Nance Garner of Texas, a gavel breaker of extraordinary distinction. Upon taking over as speaker in 1931, Garner broke not one but three gavels in his first week, including one on the day he was sworn in. Garner devised his own solution, Wozniewski said. He demanded that he have an unbreakable gavel, so he used a gavel that was made of walnut. But his constituents were apparently not certain that would do the trick. Taking matters into their own hands, they mailed him a 400-pound gavel made of mesquite wood. The head of the gavel was so large that one of Garner's aides sat on it as if it were a stool. The number of broken gavels began to dwindle in the late 1930s with the introduction of amplification systems in Congress. Speakers no longer had to bring the house to order by banging the gavel with the force of a jackhammer. Yield one minute to the distinguished gentleman from California, Mr. Miller. Still, there have been sporadic gavel disturbances despite the microphones that now amplify the banging. 
the fat cat lobbyists that are sitting there in their offices and Mr. DeLay's office. In 1995, Representative George Miller, a Democrat from California, was particularly exercised about fat cat lobbyists in Washington, getting louder and louder on the House floor. Representative Bob Walker, a Republican from Pennsylvania, was presiding over the House that day. The time of the gentleman has expired, Walker said. He banged the gavel. The time of the gentleman has expired, Walker said again. He banged the gavel again, harder. So hard, in fact, that it flew out of his hand. Miller kept ranting. Meanwhile, a clerk rushed to find the gavel, picked it up, then handed it back to Walker, who proceeded to hit it again and again, only softer. The gentleman will be in order. The gentleman is not in order. And the gentleman should take his seat. Eventually, the House came to order. The gentleman, the gentleman embarrasses himself in the House when he carries on in the manner that he just did. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod. This winter, join the Washington Post in its fight against hunger, homelessness, and poverty with a contribution to Post Helping Hand. To learn more and donate, visit PostHelpingHand.com.